And God, we come before you in prayer once again. Lord, let me just ask that your spirit would minister to us today in, in any and every way that we need to receive it. Lord, as we, as we leave here today and, and hopefully get to gather with friends and family today and tomorrow for, for the celebration of, of Christ's arrival, God, I just pray that, that we would have the, the boldness and the right words to share your goodness, to share the message of your gospel. God, I just ask that, uh, that we be receptive to you today, Lord, and we thank you for, for everything, for the opportunity to be here, God. We pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, you guys. Merry. Merry Christmas. It's here. We made it. You guys remember last week when I said that, uh, that I was pretty much, oh, um, Kara has signaled to me that we should probably blow our candles out. If you want. I don't know. She's my boss. It's up to you guys if you want to listen to her. Her cousins are sitting right behind her, actually playing with the fire. So that's uh, just kidding. Last week I said that I was ready. And I, and I, I, I thought I meant that. Uh, but I, I wound up in, in Walmart a couple of times this week because I was, in fact, not ready. And uh, here's a, a, little, a little factoid. And this might just be me. But when you guys look at a picture, like the little desk-sized pictures or, or, or like multi, multi-photo frames in your houses or offices, um, what I look at and see is a five by seven. Those are four by sixes. And I had like 40 plus prints made in five by seven. And uh, I made a second mistake. That was, that was mistake number one that proved to me that I wasn't ready for many things, not just Christmas. The second thing was that I told Kara, I'm going to run to Walmart real quick. Real quick. And typically, we go together. And uh, you know, I, it's probably not just a me thing, but our wives are truly our better halves, um, at least our more intelligent and more efficient halves. And I made it there by myself, and I got everything on the list, and guys, including the pictures. And I was just, we were just going to modify our plans. I had, I had five by sevens. I very quickly realized that they weren't going to fit the frames that we had bought. But I was just like, well, I don't know, we'll fold them or something or use the paper cutter from the church office. Um, anyway, I, I got everything on the list and the pictures, and I got home, and I unloaded the car, and... Uh, and I had everything in the grocery bag and realized that the pictures, it was that night during the week when it was raining, the pictures, I, had, I, I left them in the seat of the cart in the rain in Porterville. And uh, two things happened. One was that I lost my mind. And, and, I, and, I, and I maybe perhaps said some things that I wouldn't say in front of you guys. Um, and the second thing that happened was that I just, I got to reprint some, some four by sixes. So problem solved. Also be careful. Be careful when you're printing on the Walmart website because you might accidentally choose the wrong finish and what you think is gonna cost about six bucks might cost 50. And I, I, I don't know, I was in a hurry. I had told Kara I was gonna go to town by myself and I saw the, the $50 price tag and I was like, oh, it just must be what it is. So I pressed print um, and, and that was that and I you know, sacrificed 50 bucks and then when I made it back home and realized that there was a mistake and I printed the four by sixes, it was six bucks. So just be careful, you know? Be careful for the finish that you pick when you decide to print pictures that your wife asked for three weeks ago and then go to Walmart by yourself on Christmas week. That being said, when I mentioned last week that I was maybe for the first time in my life like ready for Christmas, I wasn't. I was just lying to myself. Uh, 
but it's here. Um, Christmas is here. I am so, so grateful that we are all gathered here together as a body of believers, and uh, we have some family in from out of town, and I've seen some faces here today that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, welcome, and I love you, and thank you for being here. Um, Today, we're going to join in a centuries-old tradition of, of celebrating the arrival of God with us, of Emmanuel, through the birth of Jesus. And I get the sense that many of us in the room today need to be reminded of the wonder of this night, of of that night of his arrival and the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that it ushers into our busy, hectic, distracted, and chaotic lives. Jesus is the heart of Christmas. It is the reason for the season. It's all about him. It's all for him. And in order to fully embrace Christmas, we need to turn our attention to him. You guys know that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? That's a great one, man. So the bulk of this message here today is is just that, that the Christmas season, as we know it in our, our culture, is only possible to fully embrace when we come to know that the heart of this holiday is found in the incarnation of God, of God with us. That God so loved his creation that he went to unfathomable lengths to rescue it by sending his son in the flesh to suffer and die. The story of God's love begins in a manger, in a cradle, but it ends on the cross. The scripture we're gonna be working through today is uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 25, and uh, the Gospel of John 3.16. There are no slides today, there are no handouts. I didn't know, holidays are kind of funky. At a church, you don't know if it's going to be 12 people or 112 people. And then also we had some people call in sick for the weekend. And I just thought like, you know what, the the less the better. (laughs) So no slides, no handouts. I hope you brought your Bibles today. Let that be a lesson. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, that wasn't, was that too pointed? I'm so sorry. You know, one of the things that I love most about Christmas Eve as a child was when my family all came together. We all gathered in one place for Christmas Eve. And when I think of, think of that time, I always think back to what it was like being in my grandparents' house with all my cousins, like all, all of it. And whenever everybody would get there, the first thing that I would notice is like as all the kids We'd go run around outside, you know, and even if we live in Central California, it's, it's, it's still cold-ish usually in December, and when we'd go inside, it would just be burning hot, you know? <laughs> now, my grandparents' house was just this tiny little thing. I grew up on the same property as my grandparents, just a little cluster of houses uh, just down the highway, actually, on the east side of Porterville. And the house was small enough that, that even in December, and even with the doors open front and back, it would overheat once we got 25 plus people in there and, 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 the, and the oven going. And my grandmother, my grandmother always had this way of just making Christmas magical. It was just perfect. And all of my cousins and I would have a chaotic blast just playing outside. We'd, we'd, we'd build forts. My grandpa used to have this, this uh, he was a mechanic all of his life and he had this awesome shop. 
And it, there was just always leftover parts from whatever project, and we would take everything in that shop and make forts and, and weapons and <laughs> probably stuff that we'd get in trouble with. But we could just exist. We could just be kids. We were all, we were all just there together for Christmas just for the purpose of being together. Perhaps some of your experiences of Christmas are similar. You know, it, uh, my, my grandmother passed in 2006, and it just wasn't the same after that. And maybe you share that as well. Maybe you have somebody in your life who's no longer on this side of the veil, and uh, the holidays just aren't the same. Perhaps that was the one that held it all together, you know. For some in this room today, that's, that's the case. For some, home was a place to belong. It was a place where you knew that no matter what was going on in your life, no matter what you brought in with you, you were loved. For others... In this room this morning, maybe you did not have that kind of Christmas experience. Maybe for you, being home for Christmas was something that was not accompanied by warm feelings and happy memories. Maybe the idea of being home for Christmas actually brought, brought with it a lot of pain or anxiety. Maybe home didn't feel like a place where you belong, but a place where you felt like you didn't fit. Both of those experiences are valid. And I think both experiences teach us something about the tremendous joy of celebrating the birth of Jesus and the overwhelming love of God. Because the heart of God is revealed through the arrival of Jesus. If we were taking notes today, that would be one of them. Write that down. The heart of God is revealed through the arrival of Jesus. The fact, the fact is that we are all longing to feel like we belong, yeah? Even if we're like, oh, I'm an outsider. I'm a social misfit. Yeah, this is the way I, I, I like being like this. Shush. Okay? No one's buying it. The fact is that we are all longing to feel like we belong, like we are loved just as we are, like everything is as it should be. However, our longing meets the reality of the world we live in. All around us is brokenness, even if we're from like a pretty nice home, a well-off family, a picturesque upbringing. There's brokenness, always, everywhere. And many of us feel like we're alone. And there's a reason why many of us often feel like we don't quite fit. There's a reason why it seems like there is a void within. It's because this world is not our home. We were made for something more. God's heart is for us to awaken to this fact. And the story of, of Christ's arrival, you know, it, it appears in the beginning of the gospel accounts in the New Testament. And each one has a little bit of a different focus, a little bit of a different bend. But the book of Matthew is very intent on, on revealing Jesus being the long-awaited fulfillment of God's heart and desire for his creation. So if you brought your Bible this morning, good on you. And if you turns to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, they read like this. 
This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but they did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Pardon me, guys. Tracy gave me a cough drop before the service started, but I forgot to put it in my mouth, so... (laughs) I'm not sure what's more awkward, the drinking of the water into a microphone or unwrapping a cough drop. So we're going to go with the water for right now. So it took an angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph in a dream to convince him that Mary's pregnancy was not a reason to call off their wedding. Rather, Mary's pregnancy was something that was divine and would change the world forever. And the author gives us two very important pieces of information in this passage that reveals the heart of God for us and the heart of Christmas for the world. And here's the first one. The arrival of Jesus was to save people from sin, from their sins, from our sins. The world at large, Western culture, however you wanna, however you wanna call it, makes Christmas about so many other things, but its true meaning falls squarely on God's dealing with our greatest limiting factor. Sin is, it's defined so many ways, right? Some people say, well, sin is just anything that separates you from God. You know, sin is doing wrong when you know what the right thing is to do. Sin is any way that we miss the intention God had for the world when he created it. There's a new one. You can write that down if you want to. Sin is any way that we miss the intention God had for us when he created us. Greed, gossip, unfaithfulness, hatred, racism, all of these things, all of these isms fall fall short of the glory of God. All of us have been subject to the influence of sin and have felt the effects of its rule and reign in our lives to one extent or another, every one of us. But God's heart of compassion moved him to send Jesus as the way of rescue for the world. The arrival of Jesus was so that God could be with us. Jesus was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was a revolutionary thought at the time of Christ's birth. Every culture surrounding Bethlehem saw their gods as as like angry deities who punished and corrected their subjects from afar. But, But this God, our God, the God, God, so loved his broken creation that he wanted to come near, that he wanted to be with us. 
He became one of us, flesh and blood, to mourn when we mourn, hurt when we hurt, and weep when we weep. God identifies with us so that we are given the opportunity to identify with him. We needed Jesus. We need him still. Someone once said it this way, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us our Savior. A Savior is one who eliminates any barrier between us and God. A Savior welcomes us into a safe place alongside a God who loves us. And this love of God is is spoken of in in a passage that is maybe a bit unconventional for the Christmas narrative. Maybe it doesn't fit this this puzzle, but the book of John gives us this perspective of what took place in Bethlehem on that Christmas night. And we all know this one. You don't have to turn there. You should know this one. John 3.16 reads like this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because of God's great love for us, he sent Jesus. Jesus left his home to show us the way home. He left his home to show us the way home. He gave up the splendors of heaven to walk in the brokenness of earth. Jesus laid aside his divinity to put on humanity. And he did it all for one reason, and that was to make a way for us to return home to God. I I don't know if you've ever been lost, like truly lost, or found yourself in a place that you've you've never been before, and you know, and the panic sets in. A few years back, my son wandered off at this Fourth of July party. It was out at the the airport in uh, in Porterville. And there were hundreds of people spread among a few hangers. And there were food and fireworks, and he was all hopped up on cupcakes and soda. And there was music, and it was, you know, it was a bit of a chaotic scene. And we suddenly realized very quickly, in an instant, he's there, and then he's not there. We suddenly realized that our son was no longer by our side, and at first we somewhat calmly walked around, like, okay, maybe he's, you know, around this hangar. So we walked around and we called his name, but with no response. So we went to the next one and then the other one and then the next one and then the other one. And pretty soon, we were running out of places to look. And it escalated into a full-blown panic. He was only five at the time, maybe four. He was four or five. And we couldn't find him anywhere. And just when we were about to to get the authorities involved, we heard the unmistakable sound of 
of a Power Wheels, you know, those little electric cars whirring to a stop just to the left of us, and, and it was Aiden in a tiny Batmobile <laughs> with a five-year-old little girl riding shotgun. <laughs> I, but I, you know, I was scared, I was angry and relieved all at the same time, you know, and he was utterly without concern. <laughs> he wasn't trying to cause us grief, though. He just saw a couple of things that he liked, and he went for them, never considering what might come next. Luckily, we found him. And had he realized how far he'd wandered, I don't know that he could have found us. He was without direction, just following what felt like a, a fun decision. And like my then five-year-old son, myself and many in this room are living our lives without direction, carelessly making decisions that put us in danger of separation from God. putting us in situations that separate us from our Father. Christmas is God's way of pointing us back to the place where we belong. Amen. Christmas is God's way of leading us by his grace back to our eternal family. Christ left home to show us the way home. And we don't have to live our, our lives lost and broken because God's great love has made a way. John says the key to finding our way back home is belief in Jesus. When we believe in him, we save ourselves from perishing or being lost forever. We are given a new life that will last into eternity in our true home that is alongside our Lord and Savior in heaven. The Greek word here for belief is pisteo, and that means to be persuaded by someone or have confidence in someone. A belief in Jesus is more than an intellectual decision or exercise here. Belief in Christ is, is to be so persuaded and confident that our lives are transformed and our, and our words and our, our actions and our thoughts become dictated by our faith hope, and trust in him. That kind of belief. It's more than a decision. It's more than a passing thought. It's that the evidence presented before us tells us that he truly is the way, the truth, and the light. Amen. And this is a work of the Holy Spirit and not something we can do on our own. This is, this is why Jesus came to rescue us. The work, I know I've been saying it maybe every week, and I might just say it every week forever. The work has been done. All we have to do is believe in and receive his love. Belief in Christ allows us to live today as well as for eternity. Amen. 
And at the heart of Christmas is Jesus' invitation to join him. The invitation to join him and experience the full life that is available through him. This mission began thousands of years ago in Bethlehem, but it continues to this very day. All of the gifts that we could possibly receive and give over the coming days, of all of those, this gift, the gift of Jesus, the gift of God's love, the gift of rescue from ourselves, that is by far the most valuable. And as I mentioned last week, the only response we need to have in receiving this gift is just to accept it. Just accept it. And to share it with others. As we close today, this is the call. The call is just to receive the gift of Jesus, to accept it, and to share it with others. And I guess the only real question is, is will you join? Will you join Jesus and his work in the world of rescuing all of creation? Will you trust him with your, your life and unapologetically believe in him? God so loved the world that he sent Jesus in the form of a newborn to begin a powerful movement that is still active today. What began in an unassuming cradle led to a tragic and brutal death on a Roman cross, but it ended victoriously with an empty tomb. It ended victoriously with an empty tomb. This, this message here uh, is very light and encouraging to receive God's love and, you know, all these positive, affirmative words. I just want to also point to the fact that when Christ was born, he didn't enter into a loving world. His family was on the run from a murderous, child-slaughtering king. And every breath that he drew was a threat to the power that reigned over mankind on earth. And he, the only man born a king. And his life was offered, lived and offered to us that we might know him and have life eternal with him. That is the message of Christmas. That is the gift that he brings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the only gift that we truly need, the gift that has already been given, the gift of, of Jesus. And we understand, God, that, that life is unpredictable, that there are seasons of loss and grief and trials and troubles, but we know that we are offered 
the gift of hope in the middle of our circumstances because of your faithfulness. That we are offered peace because of Jesus' sacrifice. We are offered joy no matter what the circumstances because you dwell within us. And we are offered love made evident by your own sacrifice. Lord, we pray this morning that as we celebrate and honor the birth of Jesus, that our hope, our peace, our joy, and love are are renewed, that we might have the boldness to proclaim you to the world. We thank you so much for everything, God. All of this we pray in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.